advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. And welcome to this special edition of Defending the Kingdom. This episode is going to feature on the greatest tight end in the history of the National Football League and why Week 17 is more important than maybe a lot of the Chiefs' kingdom thinks it is. Mitch Holtis with you, Voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call the shop, the barber shop, the Spider-Man, Sean Barber, 10-year National Football League veteran and community leader here in the Chiefs' kingdom. And also you'll see him on Field Pass. You'll see him on Chiefs Rewind. You see him... More than Patrick Mahomes, maybe, Sean Barber. <laughs> Before we get going here, these headphones, these are the Bose 700 headphones. Look at it. Yep. I'm going to tell you, it's romantic. I did not realize this. I heard back from some of our uh, podcast followers, Vicki and Rod Nelson. Um, their son lives in Houston, Texas. They're in uh, or, uh, just east of Wichita, El Dorado, Kansas. Vicki bought Rod a pair of these 700 headphones the relationship went to another level shop. I'm telling you, <laughs> there's something magical about these Bose 700 headphones. It's that noise cancellation, man. I think most <laughs> people have experienced about three, maybe four, maybe even five levels of noise cancellation. But these babies go up to 11, 11 Ooh. levels of noise cancellation. Once you experience that, it's a whole new sense of peace. The joy and peace that we talk about the holiday season, the season for joy and peace. When you have these babies on, you get these as a gift. You feel that relationship, man. Fireworks start to go. Hey, Valentine's is coming, right? <laughs> or get ready for the playoffs. Just go to uh, Bose.com. You'll see a drop down for headphones and you'll find these and you'll be glad you found them. All right, let's get into the We've got two topics here and one is Travis Kelsey. You and I had a chance to talk with him on Chiefs Rewind after the game uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. But I think it's important for us to put this guy in perspective because I don't, I'm not sure I'll fully appreciate it until maybe 10 years from now, if the Lord still has me on this earth, uh, of looking at what this guy has done. And what he has done is unequaled by any tight end and by most players in the history of this league dating back to 1921. Yeah, I've seen some tight ends come into the league with a little bit of uh, bravado, a little bit of swagger. Um, we, we, we talk about Kittles over at San Fran. That guy can do it all. He can block. He can catch. He has some swagger, some run after the catchability. Um, the Raiders has a good tight end. He's been doing phenomenal things. Uh, but then, that tight end position is so um, a new flavor of the month. You, you, a guy can do it for a year. They do it for six games. Then they miss a year. Uh, up and down. The one constant over the last five seasons has been Travis Kelsey. We talk about the tight end position. He's been owning the middle third of the field uh, for the last five seasons. And he's been doing it at a very high and a very efficient level. The other thing he's done is actually opened up to the outside third of the field from times. I can't tell you how many times the chiefs have gone three by one and he's the single side receiver playing like the X position against a corner. And we have seen him win that outer third too, where a lot of tight ends, you know, Waller can do it, but not as good as Kels. He's living out there where usually that's the land of wide receivers. Yeah, we talk about defensively how you're going to defend somebody, uh, uh, offense with the amount of weapons we have. Well, it's not always the amount of weapons. It's the, the potential of those weapons. Uh, we know that Tyreek Hill has the speed to take things over the top. Sammy Watkins is a very physical type receiver. We talk about the mixture, the mixture of talents and treasures that you receive when you talk about Travis Kelsey. He can be put in so many different positions to put stress on your defense, and he puts strain on the eyes, 
the understanding of the safety. If you take your eyes off tra Travis Kelsey, he'll he'll sneak back into that open area, make himself present, and give up big gains. And he has a vertical presence to be able to run past most linebackers. So you can't just go with the basic cover two, cover three, cover four lineups and have him one-on-one -on -one with linebackers. There always has to be another presence, some extra help given uh, to whoever's going man-on-man -on -man or in the zone when you talk about trying to defend one Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you just explained what he did in the Atlanta game to salvage that game. But let me just put the numbers out there in perspective. Okay, one of the obvious numbers, 6,144 yards over the past five seasons, unparalleled in NFL history, 38 touchdowns. But let's take in the 2020 season into account. And these are the top six receivers. Receivers, take tight ends out of it. These are just human beings that have caught 100 passes. Let me just go down the line. Stephon Diggs is having a phenomenal year for Buffalo. 120 catches, but... At 120 catches, 12.2 a catch. Number two, D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals, 111 catches, 12.4 a catch. Three, Devontae Adams of Green Bay, having a phenomenal year, 109 catches, 12.2. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, a tight end is next. 105 catches at 13.5 a catch ahead of Keenan Allen of the Chargers, 100 catches, 9.9 .9 a catch. And Allen Robinson of the Bears, 100 catches, 12.1 a catch. Kelsey's yards per catch with just 15 less catches than Diggs is a yard and a half more than Stephon Diggs. Mm -hmm. This is a tight end shop that's putting up these numbers. And the beautiful thing about what he's doing is he's putting up so much yardage after the catch. It's not just air yardage. It's not just where he catches the ball because on average, he's catching the ball eight, nine yards deep. But then he's adding all this extra yardage once he gets the ball in his hand. And like I said, he's making defensive uh, linebackers look a little stupid in the middle of the field. Some of the shake and bake moves you see Kelsey put on uh, our opponents. All right, here's another thing. You mentioned yards after catch. I'm glad you mentioned it because number one in the league right now is Alvin Kamara. Okay. We know what a beast he is for the New Orleans Saints. 742 yards after the catch. And running backs usually lead this category because you throw them at five yards and they run for 15. And, oh, they get 15 yak yards. Kelsey has 532 yak yards. Second. Second. He's ahead of all those other dudes that I mentioned that are having incredible years. He's second. This is a tight end that's doing this. We haven't seen this before in the history of the league. Yeah, and now he's doing it in such a creative way because you know that that's one of the features of the Chiefs' offense. You know that's something you have to deal with and stop. He's not a surprise. And that's what, you know, we talk about Steph Diggs. Steph Diggs, he, he, he was a number two receiver at Minnesota Vikings. He comes to be the Buffalo Bills' number two. And because John Brown misses the season, he steps up and be a number one. So he's getting more targets than he's ever gotten his throughout his entire career. And he's showing that he can do something with it. Kelsey is not receiving any more targets than he has in his previous years. He's been one of the most efficient, consistent tight ends. Um, I, I think in, in, a, in an average game, he's receiving 10 or 11 targets, and he's coming up with eight catches. Most wide receivers that are in this conversation are in the 15 to 16 targeted. They're getting targeted almost twice as much as Kelsey and still putting up the same yards, and that's what allows other receivers in our offense, including our running backs, to still stay very productive in our passing game. I can go through more and more stats, but here's what's impressed me about Kels over the past two years in specific. One is his work ethic. That throttle has stayed open. He has, he has fought through some minor injuries. He's been beat up, and he just keeps right on going. But to me, 
It's the plays he makes at the timing in which he makes it. The Atlanta game's perfect. Mm -hmm. He makes the two biggest plays when the Chiefs needed it the most. They were running out of oxygen, and he gave them oxygen. To me, this if you want to call Patrick Mahomes Steph Curry in the Golden State Gorley days, then this is Clay Thompson. Yeah. Okay? This is the dude hitting the big shot to, to win game seven. And that's what Kelsey's doing. And you can tell me, you played this game for 10 years, how unique it is when you get a player that does the biggest things at the biggest moments. Well, I think everybody is the question everybody has is what is the one factor in the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs defense offense that defenses have to worry about? What really manipulates other teams and what they do? It's unfortunate. It's not Cheetah. Cheetah's speed. Everybody has a receiver that can take the top off. Everybody has a 4-4 receiver that can just run down the field and do things to draw the safety's eyes, draw coverage away um, on the outside edges. The way you can affect a running game using the tight end position his shifts and motions, where he engages, where he blocks, where he releases, how he releases, how he blocks before he releases, all the different techniques and ways Kelsey gets out into a route have made it so that the linebacker, the defensive end, and the safety, at some point in every play, has to relate or have eyes on Kelsey. And when you put eyes on Kelsey, it takes your eyes off of your running gap. It takes your eyes off of where the running back is 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 is, is uh, releasing to. When we talk about Bell and Williams and Clyde Allaire, wh where these guys are now uh, being released into the defense, and then it also it sucks your secondary up to allow a secondary window of in routes by Sammy Watkins, uh, Demarcus Robinson, and Tyreek Hill. He has such an effect on. It's almost like the moon having an effect on the waves. <laughs> when you talk about, uh, you know, evolving and and and, and being a, a a solar body, what 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 Kelsey does to affect our entire passing game is something that if if if, if Pat Mahomes had to break down the one factor, the one factor that affects the other team's uh, passing distribution, zone drops, man coverage, uh, matchups, man to man. I think he would have to say it's Travis Kelsey because he's unguardable in man and he's unfindable in zone. Well, he's at the high tide to use your uh, moon and the waves. You and I had a chance to talk to him after the Atlanta game, and we talked to him about making the key play at the key time. You can't you can't fall astray, man. You can you got to stay locked in. You got to stay positive. You got to keep bringing energy. When adversity hits, there's so many different emotions, so many different things that can go through your mind. Um, you could lack confidence. You can go through denial. You can do. There's so many things, and I've 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 learned this over the course of my career that um, when adversity hits, being just yourself is always good enough. And not trying to do too much. And there, there was a game earlier in the year when I talked about it and I took blame for it. And it probably was a bit much, whatever it was, against the Raiders when I tried to do more than what I'm capable of doing. And I tried to do more than what this offense was capable of doing. And you look at the loss record and it's the only one on the board. But coming through when, uh, when the team needs you the most is just trying to be yourself and being confident in, in our ability as an as a offense and our ability as a football team. And... Uh, and I just uh, I follow the lead. Big Red is the he, when adversity hits, he's the most calm, cool, collected guy on the sideline, and that and that goes right down to one five. One five is always ready to go when it when it when it comes down to the nitty gritty, and uh, and he plays his best, and and, and all of our our level of game just uh, as a group just goes up, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. But uh, we we uh, we also take a lot of pride and work 
our tails off for those moments. To me, Kels, when you just hear these answers, how different is this dude than when he was eight years ago coming into the league, even just three years ago? This guy, like Tyreek, has grown just not on the field but off the field. Man, his leadership, his understanding about how to actually evolve in the NFL, it takes more than just talent. You have to be so humble to be able to look at yourself on film and understand the finer details of the position, how you affect the opponent, and how you also affect your own team, whether it's body position, his his body language, uh, being a leader in and out the huddle, uh, encouraging others when they make catches, and then not hanging your head down when you miss one, when there is a mistake, when there is a drop pass or a route that was run short or a little bit off when you and um, the pad are a little bit off. All of those things have evolved to the position and the player we see now that is definitely, in my eyes, hey, we can start throwing those stats out the window. Just watch the All-22. It's very clear how effective and how powerful uh, a force uh, Zeus, a.k.a. Uh, Travis Kelsey, is on the field. But now we see his mindset and how humble he is about all the hard work, giving credit to everybody else except his own self. That is the, 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 the real way I think that he has very, uh, evolved his game and become the Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. I love what you ask him after the game, and we're going to hear it here. You know, I've covered this league 27 years, but some of the best conversations is when I back up and I watch a former player with a current player because you have an understanding of it. And when you talked about him kind of redefining the position, I mean, his eyes lit up, not for his own good, uh, but it, it kind of just, it got activated his brain and his heart and listen, because he pays a lot of homage to those who have put him in this position. Oh yeah. And I was just, ref- I'm actually just referring to like when Tony Gonzalez entered the league, you know, the whole basketball player being able to post up people at the tight end position, always being open, always being an outlet on third down. He led the way for Jimmy Graham. He led the way for Algie Crumple. He led the way uh, for Hunter Henry. There, there's been a, a wave of tight ends that have been this basketball body, six foot six, six foot five, uh, that can post you up. But they, they didn't have the run after the catch. They didn't have the downfield presence. And when Kelsey has entered the scene over the last five years, he's let everybody see a tight end just doesn't run seven routes. They just don't run pump routes. They just don't run wide options. They can create a whole nother um, a whole nother tree concept as far as the routes just off of what Travis Kelsey doing because you talk about some backyard football if you watch him and Pat Mahomes the instinct the instinctively uh, how they play off one another late in account after the initial read isn't there how they how they find holes in zone how they find uh, weak spots weak spots in a man defense it's legendary at an early stage how often these guys go off the page, go off the script, and hit defenses where they hurt the most. They find the weak spots. They find the weak points. And that's something that I think, Kelsey, when I talk about redefining the tight end position, like you said, there's some tight ends coming into the league now that want to try to emulate that, but they don't possess that mindset that Travis has. Here's Travis Kelsey's response to your inference. Very fortunate to be in this situation, man. Um, I know Coach Reed and uh, Coach Heck, uh, and Coach Bienemy, uh they do an unbelievable job in terms of setting up this offense in the run game and the pass game uh, to be able to uh, kind of 
you know, enhance the, our players' strengths. And, and with that, it uh, makes our job ten times easier and, and, and makes us that much more productive as an offense. So uh, 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 individual accolade like that is, uh, is something that you hang your hat on when you try and get a gold jacket when it's all said and done. But uh, right now, you know, I'm just very fortunate that, uh, that we got another win and uh, this is the best uh, season that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have ever put together. So I love that interaction that you had player to player, former player to current player with him. But let's transition here because a lot of folks are asking, man, week 17 starters, you know, how many are going to play? Who's going to play? Who's in? Who's out? Uh, but I'm going to tell, I'm just been telling folks all week, this game is so important for a lot of reasons. Let's go back in time, jump in a time machine with us, go back to 2013. The Chiefs couldn't move the needle. They're in the wild card game. But that week 17 game, they had to play the Chargers. They played 38 dudes in that game, 38. Most high school teams, Smith Center's high school team will play 40 in a game. All right. Still, guys like Eric Fisher, who was a rookie, was put in a position to be kind of the lead dog on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Sherman, who's in his third year at that point, was asked to be a leader, and they emerged. 2017, the Chiefs played 37 guys. It was Patrick Mahomes' debut. Couldn't move the needle. Starters mostly pulled out. Tano Passigno, two sacks in that game, 17 yards. People didn't know who Tano was. Couldn't spell his name, still can't. But the point is, there are guys this week that are going to get chances that could help the Chiefs not only win playoff games, but build the future shop for the next three weeks. How valuable is getting guys in roles or first-time appearances in this Week 17 game? Man, I think an opportunity like this in Week 17 when you've already locked in your position, we already know the, the postseason is there, we, we know when we're going to play, this game doesn't move you up and up, up or, or back. It allows your depth, it allows your young guys to get playing film. Do you know how much value it adds to the back end of the roster? It, going into every season, you have to make such critical decisions on if this young guy going into year two and going into year three, do you think he can handle being a full-time starter? Can he handle um, the, the, the regular package? Can he handle the nickel? Is he able to make plays? Most organizations have to just roll the dice. It's a crapshoot. They just have to either trust their instincts, trust what they see in practice, and gamble on almost half the roster spots because it's such a great turnover in the league. We have an opportunity to take the back end of our, our, our roster, not the starting 11 and starting 22, but the other 30 players, get them out on the field and see some significant end-of-the-year uh, uh, plays against a good opponent, not an opponent that's laid down, not a Jets team, not a, 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 a team with just a few wins. Up. Uh, this, this this Chargers team is being led by one of the up-and-coming quarterbacks. This defense has playmakers all. You're going to go against some high-level talent, and we're going to see can our back-end guys be ready to step up and, and, and fill up when, when they are asked to promote and be uh, uh, full-time starters because the evolution of being a great team, other teams want your players. There's going to be teams that offer guys multi-million dollar contracts that our organization cannot afford to keep under the salary cap. And when those guys go away and get drawn away, what we know exactly what is filling into those roles because we've seen those guys for almost now two weeks fill into some quality playing time. And so that should make a such uh, uh, impact on our evaluation, understanding of what is needed in the offseason um, and, and what is needed through the draft. So this is a phenomenal chance 
not just for the young guys to get some snaps, but for our entire organization, our scouts, our general manager to see, hey, what do we really have when we open the cupboard? Yeah, it makes it even more important because they didn't have a preseason this year. But exactly. that being said, as much as we're wearing these Bose 700 headphones with 11 levels of noise cancellation, or this shirt says touchdown, Kansas City, it's as assured that Andy Reid wants to win this game badly. Okay, that missed 41-yard field goal by Suckup hurt in 2013. Didn't move the needle for the Chiefs. Put the Chargers in the playoffs, but that was a he 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 wasn't fond of that game. But he was fond of 2017 because in the same circumstance, the Chiefs won that game against a division opponent. They're going to go all out to try to win this game. They are not throwing this game away at all. But then you've got guys like Armani Watts in the secondary, who now you're going, okay, you're going to be Honey Badger in this game. Willie Gay Jr. going, okay, you're now Damian Wilson or, or Hitchens in this game. Or, or up front, Mike Dana, you're going to be Frank Clark in this game. The offensive line, I mean, the mix and match, what goes on there. But the point is here, you're, you're saying you're getting a chance in your first year or second year to do something that most players would don't even get the chance to do ever or maybe until their third or fourth year. And most teams, when they have an opportunity to put up a guy like that, it's do or die situation. It's, it's through. It's because of injury, and you're just thrown out there. You haven't had a week of practice. You haven't. Had, you're just thrown to the wolves. We've actually had the opportunity to get a week of practice. These guys know their roles going into the game. They'll be fully prepared. Um, you'll see a very fundamentally sound um, game plan on both sides of the ball that allows guys to go play football. Be instinctive, react to what you see, go play fast, no hesitation. Andy has been very consistent on this one thing. He's always told guys, let your personality show. If you're a playmaker, if you can make plays, if you can play at a high level, never never use any excuse about somebody in front of you or, or, or playing time. When you're giving the opportunity to go make plays, playmakers are ready to go make plays. And what that would do for young guys, if they can understand the, in this moment, in this era, uh, understanding that, hey, they don't know how the playoffs going to look. They don't know when their number is going to be called or if it's going to be called. The least they're going to have, they're going to have some playtime film to be able to go in the offseason, no matter what happens, who comes, who goes, who stays, every team has, a, has, has turnover. When we turn this thing over, the organizational value of these guys you see on the field in Week 17 for the Chiefs, is going to go through the roof because they're going to be part of a championship team. They know championship swagger. They know how we practice and play. And every team wants a little piece of that, especially if you look at week 17 and the guys out there making plays. Final thing, I found it fascinating because uh, Nate Wetmore, the audio engineer for the Chiefs Radio Network, after Neiman came out, because he's wearing the green dot, right? You get the one green dot on defense. He's like, now who's going to wear the green dot? I go, that's a really good question, because you're down to Willie Gay Jr., who hadn't played, you know, 25% of the defensive snaps, Darius Harris, who hadn't played at all defensively, some yep. special teams, and Omari Cobb wearing 59. People are going, who's 59? Did we get shot back? Shot, get shot back. back here? Was Donnie Edwards on the field? No, that's Omari Cobb. Who's Omari Cobb? I don't know. Just watch him play. Darius Harris was wearing the green dot. I said, that was like the flight attendant or the guy loading your bags on the bottom of the plane, flying the plane. Exactly. I mean, but, but what a great opportunity for Darius Harris to be there in the real life. Uh, you're going to wear the green dot. And it wasn't the second half of a fourth preseason game. This was on to win a bye in the AFC. 
In a tight game, all the chips have been pushed in. Everybody's expected to go out there and make plays. There is no excuses. Nobody wants to hear about how young you are, how raw you are, um, how, how green, all these different terms for young players. You've been around long enough to know how we do things. You know the communication, how we communicate, how we change things, how we adjust on defense. Go out there, line up, and go play football. What we do not have on this organization, we don't have any robots. We don't have any guys that tighten up in the moment. We have guys that play loose with swagger, and they understand, hey, this play for the moment. Play your butts off. Every time we go out on offense, it's to go score. Every time we go out on defense, it's to prevent the other team. And every time we go out there on special teams, it's to make a big play. Those are the, those are the constants in, in, in our organization, and I love that. And I think our team loves that. And that's why free agents love to come here because you're encouraged to go play, play, play. Go play, play, play hard, play strong. And to, to the echo of the whistle, all these different terms that players have, they hear it growing up. That's what we are encouraged to do here in Kansas City. No fear. No fear. We play. Uh, play like your hair's on fire. Uh, pedal to the metal, baby. That's the only way we play here in Kansas City. And some pay, people love it, some people don't. But that's how it is when you're part of the kingdom. I love just the way you put it on uh, Chiefs Rewind after the Atlanta game. What'd you say? All we have is all we got, <laughs> and all we got's enough. That's right? right. That's right. And in this week's game against the Chargers, week 17, all we have is all we got, and it's enough. So it's time to go win week 17. See it. Now, you went to Richmond. Help me out on the math. The touchdown plus a PAT equals how many points? Oh, Lord. Well, Six in Richmond, we point. didn't score a bunch of touchdowns, but this defense, we call it Spider D. We kept people off the scoreboard, so that's all we was worried about. We didn't care how many points we were going to score for our offense. We just cared about how many points we were trying to give up. So our defense was number one in the country a few a few seasons for a one double A team, and we, we took pride in that. Well, I'm sure you got to pick six somewhere. Seven, seven, 87. <laughs> Travis Kelsey in week 17. It's sevens this week. Thanks for joining us in this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Happy New Year, everyone. He's Sean Barber, the shop, the Spider-Man. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Let's run it back.